Welcome back everyone to a new episode with the one and only Dr. Anand. It's amazing to have you in the new studio and the new setup. Congratulations, looks absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm very glad that you like it and I hope everyone likes it. And today we're bringing an amazing topic, but I cannot start any questions before asking you what the hell happened between two weeks ago when we heard that Dubai are having a casino, which is the MGM, the Bellagio, the area, and all over the porters and social media yesterday, we got the article that they haven't got the green light for the casino, therefore they're going to start the construction and whatever happens later on can happen. Okay, it's actually a great question and it's, again, quite uh, truthfully, I think it's still speculative with a lot of people. So I'm not sure we can make authoritative statements on this, except for what we see out there. Now, maybe a little uh, look at history could put, give us an indicator here. When Russell Kaima was first announced and the news of the casinos came out, the first news that came out was not backed with any official government announcement that there is going to be the casino. But the expectation was there, and that was about two years ago. And it, it, took only, it took a long time, more than 18 months before we first heard about the GCGRA, that is the General uh, Commercial Gaming Regulatory Regular Authority. Game, yeah. After that came up, then there was a good three months before we had the final official announcement that the casino will be there, the license has been approved. Uh, and we also know at that time when that announcement came out, there was mentioned that Dubai as well as Abu Dhabi would have the casinos. So it was only natural when Russell made the announcement. By the way, the projects that Russell is talking about were from 2017. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But no, now, it was frozen. Correct. Yeah. So when it came up again, if you look at the three brands we know are hotel and uh, entertainment brands, which include casinos, theaters and all of that. So it the expectation or the assumption rather from everybody was the casinos here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you look at what the CEO has said in there is that we don't yet have the green light for the casino. So we are going ahead with the construction of 1400 rooms, the MGM. We're going ahead without the casino. But then you got the Aria and the Bellagio, which will also be following. So there's a very real possibility within a year, within 18 months, there could be an announcement that there will be a casino in there, or it might shift to a Palm Jebel Ali project, which might come up like a casino hotel. So we don't know yet. So I think what is clear from that article is that uh, MGM is going ahead definitely without the casino, or they're starting the construction without it. And then there is a possibility with the others within a year, year and a half's time, we might just hear a completely different announcement. Just like with Rack, it was speculation first and then only it came out. So at this point in time, it's not there based on the article. I think Abu Dhabi brokers are having the, the, the dance, <laughs> the happiest moments, especially that in the article it was mentioning that they as a location, it might be uh, high likely to be in the Yes Marina. Yeah, no, I'd see. In any case, when the announcement came out for Rack last year, Abu Dhabi was already mentioned even at that time. So Abu Dhabi was always going to have it. It's not that it's been taken from one emirate and given to the other. That was never part of the agenda. Uh, it was clear they would have it and Dubai would have it also. Even if you were to look at logically in the long-term agendas, when you got a city aiming to be the number one city in the world and you don't have the casino in there and you have it in the Iraq and Abu Dhabi, 
it is not going to, it just doesn't make economic sense. It doesn't make positional sense. So we just have to wait it out. It took two years before the official announcement came out confirming things for Iraq. It will take some time here. Uh, having uh, said that, Dubai has just so much happening and going for it right now. It's not going to slow down any investment in any shape or form. We'll just have to be patient on that one. I like uh, the conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think now they have made an agreement between each other. Well, like, let's sell all of Ras al-Khaimah. And after we finish <laughs> Ras al-Khaimah, let us be signing Anthony, Dubai. you work on the conspiracies. I'll stick with yes. facts. <laughs> okay. Good one. So, doctor, regarding the volume of uh, last year and how we have started the January going on, tell us about the numbers, the projections, the transactions, the volume, the capital gain, and where we're heading in Feb and March. Okay. Excellent. Uh, last year was a record-breaking year again, and we've had 166,000 millionaires who have invested. And if you look at the report that came out from the land department, because there are so many numbers flying all over space, 634 billion is the official number that was released by the Dubai Media Office. Mm -hmm. Okay, with 166,000 uh, millionaires or investors in that, of which 71,000 were new buyers. That was a 43% in uh, number of new buyers coming in, which was a very positive sign that first time buyers is on the rise in Dubai. So it was a, and if you look at- And what facilitated that? What pushed 43 uh, like first time buyers to be in the market, 43%? Several things which we have talked about before, but I'll just touch on them without going into detail. For example, yeah. the golden visa now is, is getting more people interested to take property who may not have done it before. So that is one. Secondly, with the rental migrations, more and more people are looking now to own homes for themselves so that I don't want to pay those rents. So that is brought first-time buyers. We now have a D33 agenda where we are going to be doubling our economy. It's creating new jobs. It's new talent attraction. So many of these people coming in, some of them competent enough, already watching the market, are ready to come in and invest in property. So that, that is also making uh, creating a bigger demand. On the ultra-high net worth, you have the millionaires of the world who are leaving their countries and coming to the UAE, Abu Dhabi, as well as Dubai. So many of them, when they come in, they're going to pick up homes. And they have, many of them are first-time buyers. So there's a lot that's driving this. Secondly, developers are responding to this. They're coming in with attractive options, with the 1% plans in the affordable housing categories, which is making it easy because when that was not available, and if I was uh, a mid-income person... I might not have the funds to be able to go on hefty plans. And sometimes for a person who's middle income, the probability of getting the mortgages approved is very, very low as well. Simply because they've got already financial commitments, loans, they've got credit cards, so yeah. their scores are not that great. And there's a 60% cap anyway on recovery by a bank from your salary. So most of them have got 40, 45% or close mm -hmm. to the 60. There is no way an installment can be recovered. So you have many of those buyers going through the entire documentation process, seeking pre-approvals, but they probably would not even get it. So what a lot of developers are doing now is to attract these people because there is a huge need, is they are telling these people, we'll give you seven years, eight years, somewhat like a mortgage, mini mortgage. Of course, pay there's a markup. Pay 1% a month, so you can afford that. There is obviously a markup on the selling price, but, <clears throat> so, but you don't go through that huge, elaborate, 
pre-qualification process where you're not even sure whether you'd get it. Got so it. it just became more attractive and developers are uh, looking at these as long-term paybacks, which is coming in. Right. So they have their own private financing company and they have zero risk because the client, if he uh, fault like four months on their installment automatically the unit will be cancelled they will take it all keep the money and, and add it by 10% and then sell, sell it again, again. So, so they yeah. don't lose yeah, they don't yeah, lose yeah. in the model and what they're also doing now you will notice the new trend which is you're seeing a lot of these towers coming up with these little mini jacuzzis mini pools ponds ponds, ponds, called ponds. ponds as you yes. call them right <laughs> again why because a lot of these people wouldn't be able to afford the villas not at this point we're talking affordable categories yeah. so when they can't do that they're being attracted by giving them a, a little bit of a villa lifestyle but in an apartment little bigger balconies uh, you can have these uh, swings on the outside. You can have little jacuzzis, mini pools. So that's the villa concept being brought into the apartment. That's why a lot of the recent launches in the affordable category are following this trend. This is the new personality of homes coming out for the first-time buyers in the affordable category. That coupled with the 1% plans, you will see more and more new buyers coming into the market and you will see greater demand for all these areas like the Furjans, Arjans, JVCs, the those, those kind of places, Dubai which, land which areas. I, which I call them like uh, the most booming areas when it comes to affordability. The highest JVC, JVT, uh, Arjan and Furjan, if you see the inquiries coming, it's, it's kind of scary. And speaking of new buyers, I get a lot of DMs and I do Zoom calls with people. And yeah, I see young people, young couple without kids, just like, but like, you know what? It's about time to invest. And they are all keen that they don't know the dates. Actually, no one knows the dates, but they are all keen on the interest rate going down. Correct. So yeah. this is also like a big booster for everyone by saying this is the worst of it. So I'm starting with the worst and it's going to get better and better eventually. Yeah, it will get better. But for many of them, they're looking at it this way. 20% increase in my rents. I'd rather pay that 3 to 5% a year. As interest. And you own it. And yeah. you own you own the property yourself. Doctor, with these guys, also I have noticed a lot that more than 70 or actually more than 80%, they're looking for furnished. They don't want to go through the hassle of furnishing a unit, whether it's an apartment or a townhouse. The, all the inquiry says, I'm looking for fully furnished unit. What do you have? Okay, are we talking on rentals? Or on, on rentals, on, on rentals, rentals, yeah. On rentals, on rentals it makes sense because with the way rents are going up, and if I'm going to constantly shift, you see, the amount of investment I do in furniture or furnishings, curtains, all of that, is useless for my next apartment. So I have to again uh, redo the whole thing again. So I don't mind instead of spending that large amount into that internal furnishings, I don't mind paying a little extra as rent and moving into an, into an apartment or a villa which is furnished. Mm -hmm. And particularly in apartments, you will see this uh, interest is more. 80% of the people who are looking uh, would be looking to rent where there's a furnishing. And 20% we are preferring not furnished. I still like my own personality, my own style. I want to do it up myself. I'll tell you what I noticed in between. The 80% that they want furnished, they're looking for flats. The 20% yes, that they want unfurnished, they're looking for townhouses and villas. Yes, that's right. Because see, when it's a townhouse and a villa, then obviously I have more rooms in it. I have more spaces involved. I'm, I'm elevated to a slightly different lifestyle. And so I do want a different kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, 
friends come over, we socialize, entertain a lot. I would rather they come in and it's it's something that speaks about me. So I prefer my own choices in that. Apartments, it is a bit more cumbersome, so they prefer taking something that's easy. I don't have to shift all of that when I'm moving, so I'm fine with that. And they, I think they just prefer paying, just pay that little extra to rent it rather than paying five times that amount and getting furniture, which you have to get rid of and then go through the whole process again. So yeah, in the apartments, they're preferring it more. I've read an article today that UAE has the most stable economy on the planet. Second most. No, the most. No, second most. And they most. said that it has just suppressed... Uh, Switzerland? Not no. Switzerland, but uh, suppressed Australia in terms of millionaire migration. Because oh, yes, Australia yes. was yes. ranked as number one, UAE number two, and then here and there. The, yeah, uh, uh, let's look at both. Uh, the... The article that you're referring to about the economy, uh, <laughs> take a look at it again. This came from the references, the US News and World Reports. And the UAE is the second most stable economy. Switzerland is number yeah, one. Yeah, this one what happened last month, right? What? No. This when they article... said Switzerland is number one, we are the second best economy. No, but that had that, uh, come out actually in Q4 of last year. Okay. Q4 of last year. Now we're seeing it's coming out in a bit more of the uh -huh. local uh, local articles here. But it was already out last year. Okay. So we are the second most stable. Uh, in terms of, sorry, in terms of the uh, millionaire migration, in 2022, we were number one. Australia took it back. They were number two in 2022. Okay. In 23, they went to number one. We dropped to number two. Now we're going back to number one uh -huh. again. Now, uh, in terms of the homes, ultra high net worth, $5 million and $10 million number, we're number one on the planet. And we're expected to rule this year. If you actually look at the Seville's uh, Global Prime Real Estate Index, the report that came out, Dubai is to rule the world again in 2024 for these high net worth homes. Sydney will be in second place. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we can see that that trend is there. The millionaire migrations, we are again number one. Uh, again, not only the millionaire migration. We have seen now that there is this huge interest in branded homes that are coming up. People no longer want just apartments in Business Bay or downtown. I want something that is signature as a lifestyle that I want to associate with. And since you are attracting new talent globally, we are bringing in people who already are financially secure in many of their places, but we are attracting them now because we want you to come to what is becoming the best city in the world. Mm. These people are not coming to take the average apartment or townhouse or villa. They want a bit of exclusivity in the lifestyle. Because today Dubai is replacing all the big names like the Londons, the Paris and the New Yorks to become the preferred home of choice for the influencers and the signature kind of people on the planet. They're all choosing to buy today. You'll actually see a trend changing, which is quite funny. I was talking to a friend of mine. If you watch movies, particularly you watch Hollywood movies, everybody goes to New York. Godzilla goes to New York. King Kong goes to New York. The aliens come to New York. But in the last 10 years, the trend has been shifting. There is a lot of Dubai starting to show up in many of these movies by big names, big labels and franchises. So suddenly out of nowhere, when the city was being ignored, it's now showing up as center stage in many of the movies. Abu Dhabi as well has been coming for a few. Absolutely, when you have Steve Harvey and he became Emirati, and then you have <laughs> Kevin O'Leary and he also became Emirati and they're telling everyone like the American dream 
is gone long time ago and uh, UAE it's... is the new dream. Speaking of countries, UK has just entered recession. There was another article saying that Japan is on the border, even though Japan used to be considered as as the top one of the top one five of the yeah. in the in the world. So what's happening? Okay, uh, I don't know enough yet to comment on Japan mm-hmm. uh, or even UK for that matter. But the the reality is, a lot of those countries were heading towards it for the last three to four years already. Once the pandemic hit. Uh, economically, many of these countries haven't been able to bounce back yet. Their economies were in ruins, or the, it was marginal progression. So flatlined economies have started uh, showing. On the other hand, Dubai stepped up and went aggressive. You had in uh, on the 21st of March in uh, 2019, you had the announcement of the Urban Master Plan, where the vision was to make Dubai in 20 years the number one city on the planet. So while you had economies looking, this is 2019, we're talking the year COVID hit. So while countries around the world were looking to consolidate themselves, we were looking to expand. And what I love about this city is we are not driven by patterns and trends that we see around us. We become the trendsetter. 25 years ago, when Sheikh Mohammed was going to stand up there and share his vision for the world, nobody, nobody acknowledged it. They didn't even believe it would happen. How would this tiny Arab state reach that level? Look at where we are today. We make everybody sweat. In 21, we said we will be the number one city at the end of 20 years. In 2023, we're number three already. In just two years, we're number three. I don't think we'll even need that many years to go to number one. We are doubling the economy. Look at the GDP projected this year for the world. It is nowhere close to what we are projecting for ourselves. And we are already seeing how we are starting to get the benefit of that. With the Last year, we had 100,000 people who came in here. Why did they come here? Because of the expansions that are happening, the foreign direct investments that are coming in, the new logistics corridors, the 400 cities going to be opened in our trade route. All of this is attracting more and more people into us. Our economy is booming. We are now one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Correct. And that's the reason why it's interesting. If you look at the report from uh, Seville's, they have projected this year globally the appreciation in prices for property will be 0.6%. Last year, they had projected 2.2% for the world. Dubai clocked 18%. And then this year, they have projected for the world 0.6%. When you're saying in the world they are doing averages. Right? Yes, it's because an average. In some of places it shoots 2 3%. Some yeah, places yeah, yeah. doesn't move. Some, some places it's just dips. minus. Yeah. Yes, it is because in fact the same report talks about it. You're going to see falls in prices in London, in Seoul, in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Hong Kong, Singapore, all of these places because people's sentiments are still negatively attached to the interest rates, though they are not going up, they haven't come There's down no enough yet. There's no purchase power anymore, and whoever is a bit liquid, they're saying, let's wait and see. The world is in a mess right now. Like All of the continents are shaky, you know? There's not one place yes. which is like... Plus 40% of the world is going into elections this year. Yeah. So everybody's... Because governments do affect yeah, especially economies. Especially India and the <laughs> States, which is... That's uh, going to have a lot of people and a lot of chaos. Uh, yeah. 40, 40 new elections this year. 40, 40. 
or or 48 countries. What? Yeah, maybe it's either 40 or 48 because I saw what I was reading it. Yeah, it's 40 like, percent of the population yeah. will be going through elections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it never happened in the history of human being having this many elections in one year, doctor. Uh, regarding the cash transactions versus mortgages, and and starting in February, where are we? 80 percent cash, 20 percent mortgage. 80 percent cash, 20 percent mortgage. For February, for this last two weeks, yeah. January was seventy nine percent cash, twenty one percent mortgages. Last year we closed out on seventy seven percent cash and twenty three percent mortgage. So cash is still king. But I need to uh, make this clear: cash does not only mean off plan. Cash also includes people who are paying upfront and picking up a ready unit. But cash is king at this moment, and usually in any property cycle globally, when cash is dominating, it means it's in an upward cycle, and we are breaking all, uh, defying all odds. You know, it's not slowing down; it's just going up more and more. We saw what happened with Nakheel last week, and you can see what's happening yeah, with Nakheel last night. Have last you seen the queue up yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just like all night, uh, Dare yeah. Island. So it's it's just going to keep going up, and so you're going to see and. Okay, it's one thing for reports to talk about this. It's another thing for developers to just keep launching because I don't believe they're working in isolation from the government agenda. But it is selling out. But most people are not getting it. They were like, okay, so many launches and they're selling out. Who's buying these properties, number one? And number two, when they're going to come to hand over, what shall we do? There will be people to take that inventory. It's going to be left empty. People are not kind of clicking what do we have in terms of economical plan okay. and, and the expansion of the city. Yes. And this city, if it's going to expand, it needs home. People are not getting it always in their mind that we're going to go to another uh, oversupply like what had happened in the years of, let's say, 15, 16, where we had lots of inventory. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, I'm going to have to be a bit blunt here. Uh, and I think a huge responsibility for this, or a huge reason why this is happening, is us brokers. Most of the brokers here do not know the Dubai Economic Agenda, D33. They don't understand the Dubai Urban Plan. They don't even know about a top move survey that came out in January this year. We are not educated ourselves on our own city and what is the vision of this government and how this We're city is becoming the best. We're doing this on a weekly basis. We're putting out all of this information. I think the main issue is not on the brokers. It's on their sales managers and directors not providing them I'm this talking stuff about to sell the, bro the, city. the brokerage industry. Yes. Okay, so it is the CEOs of those companies, it is the managers, the directors, but it is equally the broker's responsibility. If I'm a broker and I'm asking you to put four million on the table, and if my director is not creating a good educational platform for mm -hmm. me, I still retain the responsibility of finding the information. Nobody teaches us these things. We don't get special calls from the ruler's office. We are following the media. We are looking at all the national newspapers. We are picking this up because we carry, we feel the responsibility to understand our market because real estate is about the future, not the past. And when I have to talk to my investors, I need to be able to show them why the future is bright. And you cannot do it on just speculation. You have to give clear sources. That is why I think the responsibility is a lot with all of us. Doesn't absolve the client from their response. You're the one putting the five million. Don't you even want to know where you're putting it? Yeah. So they need to do some of their own research. However, we as ambassadors for the industry, there's no excuse for us. 
We are expected to do it. I go to buy a car today. Let's say I'm looking at a Bentley. You cannot be expecting me to be the master on understanding that car. But I expect you as the sales guy in the Bentley showroom to know your car inside out. I expect you to know the legacy and how this car is going to be taken care of once I put my money for the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. I definitely expect that from you. So if, if I don't understand my own industry, how do I wake up with belief and confidence in it? I myself cannot explain why there are so many launches, why the price is going up, why the correction is not happening. Everyone's saying correction. I've been hearing correction from the beginning of last year. Where is the correction? Doctor, <clears throat> if, if your uh, demand is three or four times higher than your supply... There is no correction. There is no correction. It's, all, it's like, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not complicated. It's not nuclear science. You have a product. If people want it, People will start bidding for it, it will go high. If no one wants it, you're going to eventually need to break down the price to sell it. It's yeah. that easy. Yeah. You see, it's, it's very simple. It's because brokers are historical. They're looking backwards at what happened. They're looking at 2014. The Dubai of 2024 is not the Dubai of 2014. So how would you compare that? Uh, I mean, if you look at our property life cycle, we are 23 years in property, right? So you're looking at literally half the legacy and the history of this market. We never had golden visas in 2014. We never had the economic agenda doubling. We never had an urban master plan. Never we never had, had so anything. many people living in yeah, the city. So why would you look at Dubai today and interpret it as 2014 and 15 and what happened? It is going to happen. That doesn't make sense. You're, you're trying to move forward, looking backwards. You're going to bump into a pole and you're the one who gets hurt. No one else. Definitely. And also now we're seeing the great effort that the land department are doing, especially when they wanted to clean up all of the portals from all of the unavailable listings. Tell us more about this topic. And for whoever doesn't know this or didn't hear about it, for all of the brokers, you have to be very clear because uh, and very, very knowledgeable because this can fire back at you 50,000 dirhams and more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think uh, it's, it's an absolutely brilliant initiative. The, and uh, there's two things that literally have come out now in the last couple of weeks. The first one is that any sale that has happened within three days after the sale, the listing has to be taken off the portal. Because what it's doing is it's overflating uh, the inventory, which is not actually true. There's mm -hmm. a lot of units that are sold which are not there, but it is still showing. So it becomes a lead generating uh, mechanism because a lot of people think it is still available. You cannot expect a client to know it's sold. So they are still... Uh, contacting you and they're exposing who they are and sharing their information to you for a unit that doesn't even exist. And I saw that, so I exposed myself. Now you take me to something else because of that. So that is not good because it will leave a bad taste in the minds of the home buyers and investors and not good for the reputation of the market. So they have clamped down heavily. Three days later, it's gone. And I know what's going to happen. Once the registrations take place, there will be someone who's going to follow up and check on this. It will be mandated by the portals themselves to check on whoever has got memberships with them. So it's a good thing for the market. The second thing that has come up is the fake listings. The fake listings are being dealt with very strongly. I think over 30 agencies have been fined already. And it is really, really important because it destroys the reputation of the top performer. We are the top performing market in the world today. We are number three in terms of popularity and we want to be number one as a city. You cannot have Mickey Mouse listings out there which are fake. 
Uh, in fact, Firas from Farm had put something really good, and I'm happy to credit him for that. He put something really good on social media, I think it was yesterday, where he talked about the negative impacts of these fake listings. And so for the brokers who are listening to this who may not have seen that, I, I will tell you what he talked about, but the credit has to go to him. He's the one who put it that way. The first thing is fake listings hurt genuine brokers with genuine listings out there because they are not able to attract the real investors Correct. who are being <clears throat> duped by the fake listings. And especially in the case that the price is way cheaper, the, the, the genuine listing will, will look that there's something yeah. wrong in it. So the first one who's getting hurt is good brokers, yeah. hardworking, genuine about it, authentic, are now suffering and paying the price. So this, this will help them. The second disadvantage is uh, homeowners who want to lease or who want to sell are having to drop their prices because when there is a price that they're putting out there, which is a good price, they're not able to get the people because of the fake listings. Correct. So they're losing on their earning potential. Buyers who are looking at these are going to, uh, and when they look at these listings, they will not contact the homeowners because they think that their prices are overflated. Now what that does in the mind is, Every listing could possibly be overflated. So what they will tend to do is they will want to come in and negotiate. And they will even want to negotiate down even on units that are realistically priced. Portals are going to lose business because as long as these fake listings are up there and the credibility of the portals are getting affected. So tomorrow... It's already been affected a yeah. long time ago, the portals. Uh, so they sell packages. <laughs> they, they have no care about you, me, client, buyer, seller. They're just selling their packages and they make sure every year they're increasing it between 7 to 10%. Well, if that is their approach, that has to change now because they're going, to be, they're going to face the heat if they don't align as well. So there's a lot of reasons why the fake listings are hurting people in the market. And I'm glad that this has happened right now because I think you'll get more realistic listings. Uh, you'll get realistic pricing. The genuine people are protected in the business. Sellers will feel there's really more value, will continue to invest. Buyers become more serious about this. And so, and also this impression of there is a large oversupply or more units will drastically drop in the market, which will help in the pricing and pushing of the properties. So I think it's a good And they've been doing amazing job, like from two years until today, we've seen crazy changes from the, from the permit numbers, from everything. Like, like they kind of controlled 90% of everything is super smooth, easy and beautiful to deal. Only a special request if you can hunt all of these cold callers. So they don't <laughs> cold call anymore. Please, please, please. Even myself, I'm willing to do whatever you guys need to help to assist in order for us to stop the cold calling. Because I think once we well, once we kill this trend, yeah, we will be having the most beautiful mature market and the most beautiful to be dealing with. Because buying and selling is extremely easy and like... Uh, there is no room to make mistake in Dubai, you know? Yes, correct. Particularly when you have set the standard and the eyes of the world is on you. Yeah. I think there's another thing I would like to add. See, there's two things I would really love to see as an initiative from the government. One is what you said. They've got the fines in place, but if there's anything that can be done to eliminate this, because you see, honey attracts flies. Everybody comes into the market, even if they're unethical, and they just get onto the phone and start start calling people so that definitely had to be controlled the second thing i really don't have the answer to this is kickbacks because kickbacks hurt the entire market 
you have investors coming in who are now sold that idea. They can only keep asking for kickbacks in a market that allows this thing. If there is some way we could look at checking on these sort of things, I don't know, I think it would just make a big difference because remember, and I'm on the broker's side on this one, as an investor, you are blessed to have those millions. You have a broker who's on zero salary, who's out there, he has to feed his kids, he pay for their schools, he's in 50 degrees weather, going out there, fighting to find units for you, fighting off other brokers, standing all night at a launch to get a unit from, for you. And you are blessed that you have the money to have that privilege and you want to make a 10,000, 15,000 from that broker? So this is where I think we should be looking at something to protect our people also in the industry. If there's something that could be done on this, it will be a huge benefit because at the end of the day, the investor who's coming to Dubai, he's sold on Dubai. He's not going to go to Spain because kickback is not available here. I was having a podcast today in the morning uh, with my lawyer and we were discussing about lots of topics and there was this topic that we're talking about because you know now like the checks are not criminal anymore right. and if you have a check bounce you have to have all of that process of going reporting them going to police and so on so we were saying that we should have a system of rating where we can rate landlords and we can rate tenants and maybe if this system whatever comes to life we can be rating brokers and we can be rating buyers so if a buyer is consistently asking for a kickback and it has been reported to the land department and this buyer gets blocked from buying let's say for a year or two and then he was like i'm losing hundreds of thousands if i bought a property i wouldn't chase the ten thousand anymore maybe it can be a great option it could be an option uh and it is something I think, I'm not, and I don't believe that the land department really have not thought about this because it is hurting their market. But if there could be something that comes out on this side, I think a lot of people will be more excited to work uh -huh. in this industry. Correct. Most of them will want to join because they have no salary and they have families, they have commitments back home. And you want them to come with fire and passion and sell. So I really think if this can be worked on, is going to be a big, big thing. I don't believe you will completely eradicate it, but I think you can make it very, very difficult. To, to clean as much as possible. 100%. Uh, Doctor, Q1 2024, even Q4 2023, we started seeing a difference between the secondary market and the off-plan, so which is killing all of the concept that off-plan is cheaper, you can pick what you want. Now secondary market is becoming way cheaper. There is way better options, way better views, and people are kind of leaning towards getting something ready today where I can generate income and not to have to freeze money for four or five years, not knowing what's going to happen to it. Okay, this is, there is no straight answer to this. There are four or five things that have to be considered. The first one, let's look at it. A secondary market product is someone is interested in it either to move into it immediately or to start immediately earning through a rental yield, mm -hmm. right? So they're looking at a different form of earning. They're looking at an 8 to 10% roughly a year is what they're looking at. But to get that 8 to 10%, they have to bring up a significant amount of investment upfront because if they do it on a mortgage, they destroy the returns because of the interest. So there is a huge financial commitment required. So they're looking at the price being cheaper, but then you also need to be looking at how that is going to impact their return. So that is one type of product. 
There is the other type of product where the one putting the money in off plan is clear. I don't even have to go through my entire payment plan to get the benefit because I can, after a 40% with some developers, 50% with the others, put my units out for sale and I can still find buyers, particularly in a market that is short. So a serious investor looks at it differently. He says, hey, I don't need to be putting in that 4.5 million to get that ready unit. I might need to put in only about 2.5 or 3 million before I can sell it in the market and make a much higher rate of return because it's return on my equity. So that's one way to look at this. The second way to look at it is when you buy into a secondary unit, granted you are getting the benefit immediate, but remember, the actual value of that unit, you have helped somebody else in from the past. They bought it four years ago at probably half that price. So he's the one who's really benefited, not you as the next buyer. The same way the unit of today is going to have a 50 to 60% appreciation in the next three years, three and a half years. So you don't look at the entry point into this launch now at, and look at the handover point of the previous one. Well, you can exit. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to understand it differently. It could be within the same community. It could be a phase one and a phase three or a phase five. But again, that is, that's in the past. You should have bought in the past. There's no point going backwards there. So this one from now is going to appreciate. What I do when I sit with clients, I, I don't look at it as secondary and I don't look at it as off plan. This conversation can only come up if it's an investor coming to you. If it's, a, if it's a homeowner, he's going straight away for secondary. So if it's an investor telling you, I can get the unit there, I said, I understand. What's the reason you're really looking at investing? To make a return? Now let's look dollar to dollar. Bring them to a common denomination. Don't look off plan to secondary. Dollar to dollar in that ready unit, how much will you make every year? But for the same dollar that you put here into the off plan, how much would you make this year? If you're a real investor, that's what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. What is your rate of return for every dirham or dollar that you invest in this as well as in that? The third way to look at it, sometimes it's possible in a community also, you can have units which are probably close to handover and then the owner is putting it out in the secondary market. But when you go to a developer, his price is obviously a little more because the buyer, the developer is presenting the whole value. I'm asking you in the secondary market to give me what I have paid till date and a markup on that. When you do come to the table to talk with me, I will be telling you, you need to still make two more installments. So that gap can reduce. So it's my job to just check which kind of unit or sub-community is being referred to. Is it in handover phases or has it already been handed over? So if it is in handover phases, because we know a lot of units appear in secondary at that point. So the owners are trying to sell it without having to pay that last installment so that they can make a better return. So I just have to check which is the unit he's referring to. That's one. Now let's take another situation. Let's say it is a handed over community and people are already living in it and then they're comparing that to, this, uh, to the off plan. My strategy changes completely. Okay, I would simply say, Anthony, I'm not sure if there is a unit available right now. But if you tell me there's a unit, I have just shown you why this community is absolutely brilliant for you. Now that unit at that price is not going to stay for long. Take it. No one's going. In fact, you can say, if you have the number, let me call on your behalf. 
I want you to make sure you have an absolutely brilliant home or investment. Of, and if it is available, take it. They won't take it. Because if I'm an investor and I had that kind of money and I want to put it up front, I won't come and sit for two hours with you and have a tennis match of words. I will go straight out there and pick it up. Because I myself know that unit's going to disappear. So if I've come here, it's because I want the plan that you're going to give me, probably a two-year post-handover payment plan, but I want to squeeze you down on the price as well. So I'm coming to you with that. Take it, Anthony. And if they don't leave, they're yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like, everyone has a perspective. Uh, most people who really push to get that post-handover payments plan, they don't know that that increase of three years is already put in price. Uh, rather but than it, buying it, still it gives me three years yeah, to pay. So the, paying the cash upfront. It's like you're paying that interest. You're paying even more than five percent. But it's all about everyone's financial. What can they let go immediately? And what's their uh, vision from the investment? Whether they're coming for five years or ten years? Okay. There's one more bit which I'll just add to that answer. So this guy who sits in front of you and says, "But well, the secondary market is cheaper. Why should I take it in off plan?" 166,000 millionaires just invested last year, right? 59% of that was off-plan. Every single off-plan launch is selling out now. Why is it selling out if the units are cheaper in the secondary? Because they have the option to pick what they want, exactly. to be on a strip, to be having a beachfront property, to and be having a golf course community, to be having a mansion. So uh, we're not, listen, end of the day, I've been doing off-plan for the past 10 years. I will never come to you and say secondary is my favorite. But well, I'm just saying, following the markets now, correct. We have to. Their that, options. We have to answer their that. options. That's true. But again, yeah. see, all these guys who are buying off plan are working with brokers. They know that secondary can be cheaper, but their ROEs are more powerful here. That is why all night yesterday you had people standing waiting for a launch. Go and pick up the secondary. Why are you doing this? Putting the money in the sand. So the same thing happened with Nakheel with the West Villas. Why? Don't pick it up, the ready units. So the actual evidence on the ground doesn't support what is being raised as this concern. And it's not really so much investors who are raising this. This has sunk into the minds of many brokers and they echo this and they keep singing this song everywhere. Now it's become their life story. Mm -hmm. This is reality. Same as every other trend. <laughs> Doctor, this has been amazing as usual. Thank you for coming on the show. Guys, if you have any question you wish to ask Dr. Anand, just drop it down in the comment section below. And I'm going to make sure next week when the doctor will come, we're going to be presenting it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, doctor. See you Thank next you, week. Anthony. Thank you.